When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. Oh, I'm so happy to be recording with you. You know, I feel like every Friday after we get the Patreon out, I feel like distinctly tired. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then somehow by Tuesday mornings, I'm always so ready to dish with you. Yeah, that like for sure makes one of us. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. I am too. I, I am too. I feel like there's a good amount to talk about this week, which um, I'm excited to get into. I also, there have been a lot of guests in New York. There've been a lot of work things happening and I am just so ready to slow the F down this summer. And mm. yeah, I'm, I'm tired. Mom and dad or mom, at least and McCall and Nick and Courtney all come to town this next weekend. And I'm working a lot up until then, but you know, I'm just Looking forward to some vacation time this summer. Some rest and respite, Chandler, after your long days of labors and, you know, delicious meals, dining out, gallivanting with people in town. My gosh. You you say that like, you know, like I'm sounding really toned up, but it, everyone knows this. It's exhausting just hosting and it's just, and I feel like, you know, every no, no, you have to be on vacation plans. with people when they're right, in town. Right. Like you right. have to be going out a lot. Like that's why when people come in town to visit us, it totally is a thing where it's like, okay, well you need to plan on basically taking vacation because you want to be a good host. You want to show them around. Yeah. You want to do a fun activity. So I totally get it. it. Makes sense. Yeah. Can I tell you something funny that happened over this yeah. weekend? Please. I continue to be a total like idiot when it comes to self tan and getting a spray tan because I got my hair done this weekend and I was like, I want Ben to spray tan me. I want to be looking like really good, feel back in the groove. And also was like, I want to work out again. I haven't worked out in a couple of months. Like I need a tan, you know, in order to do those things. Yeah. Right. For sure. So I get a lovely spray tan and I let it set for like two hours. I also at this point have a large zit on the corner of my chin that okay. I'm just kind of like refusing to accept as my fate. And I'm like looking up ways to like make it heal faster. I decide to cover it with a little small Band-Aid for about three hours. Okay? okay. And what I don't realize is that I decide to just like take the Band-Aid off after like two hours just to like see if it's looking any more healed. What I've done though is created a small perfect square of non-tan face on my chin. I'm sorry, but you are an idiot. I know, I know. 
But this is one of the dumbest I know, things. I know. Of course, you. Do. So you put a band aid on fresh, freshly spray tans. After I'd rinsed, I just felt like I was like, after it's set, we're good to go. After it's locked in, like it's locked in. You know what, Chandler? It's spray tan amateur hour on the Upper West Side these days, and that's clearly showing on our podcast this morning. Yeah, honestly, my reaction was absolutely over the top, and you would have thought like someone in our family had perished because I was so upset. Spray tan emergencies actually are very difficult to deal with because there's just not much you can do except for like scrub off everything. And then a lot of times once the spray tan is fully on, you got to just wait for that stuff to fade off in, in a week or two. Right. No, it actually is very maddening because there's really nothing you can do and you can like apply more tanner, but usually that just looks worse. And so anyways, anyways, well, It sounds like you've been really stressed. And can I share with you something that I have been doing, Chandler? When you're looking for some rest and respite after long days toiling away for a tech behemoth or potentially after a spray tan nightmare, um, I have an activity that I really want to encourage you to do. Okay? Okay. Is this going to be like when you encourage me to read like Pima Chadron or something? (laughs) No. Thankfully, this recommendation is distinctly not virtuous and a lot more entertaining than reading the books of a Buddhist nun. Um, You know I don't (laughs) do that anymore. Chandler, so I am doing this new thing right now where I'm watching movies filmed in the 90s. Okay. I want you to think Father of the Bride. I want you Mm -hmm. to think Sleepless in Seattle. Nancy Myers, Meg Ryan. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? I absolutely am. Yeah, absolutely. I want to tell you that there's something distinctly calming about these movies because they truly transport you to a much simpler time in American history. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So after a long day, you know, where you are just checking all your email and Instagram notifications in between Mm -hmm. all your work pings and, you know, the stresses of modern life in the 2020s, you can Amazon Prime rent a stunning Meg Ryan film. Mm-hmm. And be transported to a time without any of these chaotic distractions. Okay. I love this for you. I also agree that these movies are simpler. I think that they do less. You know, some movies these days, I'm literally, I'm going to sound like mom and dad. Here we go. But some movies have a little bit more of an agenda, you know? <laughs> like, there's just like a little, and maybe, maybe it's for the best. Maybe, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of an agenda, but. Sometimes you got to get back to the basics and just watch some Nancy Myers, some Nora Ephron type stuff that just like soothes the soul. Okay, Chandler, I want to tell you about one in particular that's I found to be particularly beguiling and I highly recommend if you have not watched it. So have you watched the film Indecent Proposal? No, I haven't. Okay, well, I'm going to regale you with this film. Not the whole thing. I'm not going to spoil it, but just kind of the general plot. Um, Because this movie took my Friday night by storm. And I really want to take everyone on the journey that this movie took me on. Was this one of the movies that grandma had in her VHS, like slider case, glass case? I feel like I remember seeing a movie cover for Indecent Proposal, and I knew I was not going to be allowed to watch that movie. But I desperately wanted to watch it this is a hundred percent one of the r-rated movies we could have never watched growing up um right. and so of course 
it was a distinct pleasure in my early 30s to take my freedom back and realize (laughs) that I no longer, you know, was banished from all R-rated movies and I could watch this film. Just a little bit of background. We were not allowed to watch rated R movies basically at all until we were fully like financially independent adults. Oh, yeah, yeah. So our parents don't still don't watch rated R movies. Right. So and we weren't allowed to watch PG-13 movies until we were like 17. I'm looking at the movie cover for Indecent Proposal. It's porn. It's straight up Robert Redford and Demi Moore, like, in the middle of having sex. Right? Well, Woody Harrelson, Demi Moore, and Robert Redford are the stars. Okay? And that actually, Chandler... Stop, stop. Let let me just regale you, okay? Okay. Let me just tell you, the cast of this movie, Uh that is where 90s films really give us their all, okay? Right. Because... This is one of the things about these films that is just strikingly wonderful to watch. Everyone in them is conventionally attractive in a very just like <laughs> all-American hot way. And it's just really, really fun to experience, okay? There's no like Timothy Sham- Shamalay character or leading Shalmigo. man. Yeah, where we have to like collectively as heterosexual women suspend our disbelief and get on board with like a leading man with Kate Moss's frail frame. I mean, I think Timothy's hot to me, but you know, whatever. 90s movies, Chandler, are the golden era of red-blooded American women and men with chiseled brawny physiques and passions unsullied by irony or sarcasm. Okay? Oh my gosh. And There's also, I will say, a shallowness and, like, one-dimensionality to all of the characters. Yes, That is also just, like, extremely easy to watch in terms of, like, your required brain wattage. And also, like, Mm -hmm. frankly, relatable to someone like me. Because you're pretty (laughs) one-dimensional? Definitely shallow. (laughs) Oh, oh, we can tell. We can tell by this entire (laughs) diatribe. We can tell. I want to set up this movie for you, okay? So Woody Harrelson is married to Demi Moore. They're in their Mm -hmm. 20s. They're high school sweethearts. And they got married, Chandler, without a dime to their name. Their parents said, you're too young. But they were in love, okay? Yep. And the movie takes place about five or so years later. They're this young, hot couple in their 20s. Mm -hmm. So they're like 25, Yeah, they're like 25. David Woody's character is, of course, an architect. And Demi's Mm -hmm. character is naturally a real estate agent. Can I just say, I feel like hot men in movies are always architects. And I don't really know any architects. Like, I don't know a single architect. Do you know a single architect? I don't know any architects at this point. And also, like, I feel like being an architect is one of those jobs where, like, the word sonically is, like, a very cool word, architect. Hot word. Sexy word. Sexy word. It horny sounds word. like super horny word. It sounds like a, someone who stands like at the top of a building made of glass and draws mm-hmm. on paper with pencil and looks yes. out at a skyline and like makes hand motions. No, I, I'm so here for this because I think you're exactly right. And also it's like someone who knows about the sun and which direction the right. sun's going to point at certain times of the year and days. And that's kind of like a little bit farmer-esque, which is kind of mm-hmm. hot to me as well. But yeah, I don't know a single person who is actually an architect, but like I feel like script writers or you know, people coming up with hot men love to give them that vocation. It's kind of like if me mm-hmm. if I was playing a game of MASH and I was like, can I choose what my husband's vocation is going to be? And it'd be like architect, lawyer, doctor, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> 
architect is like the successful but also artistic like you're right Chandler yes a man who knows where the light is gonna fall like across the master bedroom um at the perfect hour he's gonna always have like one Mm -hmm. of those rulers that like in the shape of a half moon I don't really know what those are and a pencil a protractor exactly listeners if any of you know actual architects please write in and can you confirm if they are hot or not this is another thing I want to say though in this architect vein, this is another reason why 90s movies are just so calming for the brain. Everyone in these films is just so startlingly natural looking. Yep. Yep. The foreheads move. The whitest the teeth are is like a pale, pale, pale yellow. Just like yeah. that slight ivory color. There mm-hmm, is not mm-hmm. a blinding white chomper veneer in sight. And that right. is just, it's Frankly, it's charming. It's historical. It's, great. it's anthropological. When I am watching a film where everyone is just, you know, as God intended, I don't know. It's soothing visually. You're borderline Marjorie Taylor Green this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's nice to see people with natural mouths. Okay? Oh, I agree. I, it's just when you it's it's when you go into as God intended. All American woman, like all American. It's just like, it's very Marjorie Taylor Greene. But I, I agree with you. I love watching movies that were pre plastic surgery up the yin yang era. It's just a simpler time. It's like a time when this is a somewhat of a tangent, but I was listening to Ramona Singer and Avery Singer on Jeff Lewis Live. And Avery was talking yeah. about how great it was in the Hamptons when she was a kid, way before social media. So only like really the who's who knew about all the great places and they weren't completely overrun like they are today. God, I fucking hate that girl. <laughs> Like, and she was, like, bemoaning the fact that now people who don't, like, actually own homes can, like, stay in the Hamptons and, like, Avery, go to all the Avery, didn't you get laid off? I mean, that's rich coming from me and my current situation. But, like, does Avery even have a working 401k? Like, I'm being ugh. hyperbolic. She definitely was a little self-aware. But also, like, the sentiment was there. It was basically, like, it was really great to be at great places before everyone knew about them. <laughs> when you were five. It was, like, amazing to be, like, five years old and, you know not not have tiktokers around you and it just reminds you of a simpler time before instagram right true let's move back to you know the plot of this film okay okay so david and diana played by woody harrelson as david diana is demi moore as we've said are living this life he's an architect you know she is a real estate agent during the days they dominate their respective careers and at night chandler they make passionate love in their marital bed mm-hmm mm-hmm but I want to say one thing. Their marriage is not without its challenges. As charming and swarthy as David is, all six feet of bronze and brawn that Woody Harrelson was at this time, everyone, please mm-hmm. feast your eyes, do a little Googling. His character is a hapless dude, okay? He's messy. He leaves dirty shoes on the kitchen table. Oh, my and Diana, gosh. Diana, as you might imagine, she does all the cleaning, Okay, so she can get a little uptight real at old. David's messiness. And of course, there's one scene that begins with her throwing one of his dirty items across the kitchen at him in a <gasps> rage. And the scene, of course, ends Chandler with them making love on the kitchen floor. <laughs> <laughs> These are uncomplicated times, okay? Yeah. When a yep. heated wife could be calmed 
with the heat of her husband's passion. Oh my gosh. It's way too early. I've only had coffee. My stomach hurts. Okay, well, in spite of this couple's ability to fuck their way through disagreements, (laughs) tough times fall on them. Okay. When the recession hits, okay? And both their careers hit the skids. You're kidding me. Demand for hot architects and sexy real estate agents really plummets when no one's buying houses or designing them anymore, okay? It's so dark. It's so dark for those hot people with hot jobs. This comes at a distinctly difficult time for David and Diana because they're currently over leveraged as they've recently bought a plot of land, of course, on the Malibu coast on a bluff, and they're about to build their dream home that David has designed from the ground up. I'm just seeing him on top of the glass house motioning to the horizon line. Exactly. So things get tough real quick. And I wanted to say, I'm not spoiling anything. This is just really the setup, everyone. So don't worry. This is like the first 10 minutes of the movie. You're going to be able to completely enjoy this. So bills and pressure mounts, Chandler. And this gorgeous couple is essentially down to their last dime when David decides that with almost nothing left to lose, they should try their luck in Vegas. Maybe they can turn their final few bucks into a boatload of cash and make it through the recession after all. So they hit the slots, and as luck would have it, they do pretty well their first night, and there's this wonderful scene of Demi rolling around on their hotel room bed in, like, the piles of cash they've made. It's just, like, it's all so on the nose. That's what's so great about it. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's nothing subtle. There's nothing understated. It is all just nail on the head after nail on the head. So, of course, the next night, they try their luck again. And do you want to guess what happens, Chan? Uh, They lose it all. They lose it all. That's right. So, unfortunately, what was a pile of cash turns into a big pile of nothing. And their luck runs out on them. Demi takes to some retail therapy, okay? And she sulks around some expensive clothing boutiques, eyeing all this designer clothing she definitely cannot afford. Yeah, And then the movie goes so classic 90s because there's like these really nice chocolates at one of the boutiques and Demi starts eating like a few and she's like eating these chocolates that have like filling in them like very erotically and sumptuously and the camera is like lingering on her mouth. And of course, that is when across like the gallery area, Robert Redford's character, okay, cutting a dashing figure in a gorgeous dark suit, lays his eyes on Demi for the first Mm -hmm. time, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Just as she's, you know, taking the second bite of this caramel chocolate that's just gotten a little messy, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And let's just say Robert Redford, his character... This is eye candy for him, to say the least. This is where the movie also kind of goes off the rails for me a little bit, but she takes a handful of the chocolates and puts them in her bag. Messy. That sounds actually messy for someone who's so annoyed about dirty shoes on the countertops. Well, also, you would think that like you wouldn't be attracted to someone who's like clearly a ne'er-do-well. But anyway, Robert Redford's character finds the shoplifting to be quite charming. Okay. Their eyes catch, so Demi sees that he's just seen what she did, and she gives him this kind of like awkward, devilish smile. Okay. And they cut to a few like moments later, and he has followed her into the store. Okay. So he was into it, clearly. 
He saw some deviant yep. behavior he liked and she's like trying on this black dress and he is like watching her. Okay. And it's this like really sexy black dress um, and she's trying it on and he's watching her in this like really creepy way that for anyone else, like you would call the police or you would call like the store attendant for security to come in. But because his character is like this really hot billionaire, it's actually really fucking hot. Okay. And anyway, so she's trying on this dress and he startles her when she realizes that he's watching her. He's like, you should have the dress. And she gets all flustered and embarrassed. And she's like, I can't afford it. And he's like, I'll buy it for you. You belong in that dress. And it's like very hot. And she brushes him off. She's like, I can't accept the gift. And she's kind of like awkward and weird. But he is like very into her. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just this very hot scene. Okay. Okay. So anyway, we cut to that night. So Woody Harrelson's character and Demi Moore's character, they're down on their luck. They're walking glumly through the casino and they stumble across Robert Redford's character playing a high stakes game of like craps or something. Okay. Okay. Everyone's crowded around and it's like, do you know who that is? It's the billionaire John Gage. Okay. That's his character's name. Okay. And he sees Diana through the crowd and, you know, he is the real hots for Diana. He like strides over confidently and he's like, can I borrow your wife for good luck? He says that to Woody Harrelson. Okay. And she goes over and she's like, you know, stands next to him as he like plays the game and he has her like kiss the dice and roll for him like as his good luck charm. Mm -hmm. And as billionaire's luck would have it, she rolls a winning hand for him. Mm-hmm. And the crowd erupts, and it's this big moment, and the rich get richer. Classic. Robert Redford's character insists on buying them a suite at their hotel for the night as a thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they get inside the hotel, Chandler, and guess what is inside a huge red box with a red bow on it? All the chocolates? The black dress. Oh, the sexy okay. $5,000 black dress. $5,000 in wow. 1993, okay? And an invitation to his penthouse that night for a party he's throwing. Wow. Are you telling us the whole plot? No, no. This is like the first 15 minutes. So David and Diana, they attend the party, but I I will say she's wearing the black dress and she looks absolutely stunning. Okay. So it's late into the night and they're the last ones there. You know, the liquor's flowing and John Gage, he like is talking to them And he pulls the ultimate billionaire move, Chandler, and he tells them that he will give them $1 million for a single night with Diana. And that is the indecent proposal. Wow. This is different than what I thought. What did you think it was going to be? Well, maybe this is what's to come, but I thought they fall in love and he proposes to her and that's the indecent proposal. It's like more (laughs) of a classic proposal than than an indecent question. No, it's like they're having this conversation while they're playing pool and he's like basically saying like, oh, yeah, you can buy anyone, even people. And Demi's like, I can't be bought. And he's like, oh, really? You can't be bought? And then he like looks at Woody and he's like, I'll give you one million dollars for a night with your wife. Anyway, this doesn't give away the plot either, but you got to watch because you got to see what happens. Do they or don't they submit to this indecent proposal? And if they potentially do... What happens? What are the implications on their relationship? Mm-hmm. It is just extremely hot. I highly recommend everyone watch it. It's also like very PG, 
that's like the only disappointing part about it. Yes, like the picture looks heated, but there's no nudity. It's really disappointing on that it, level. Literally, the cover photo is with her and Woody Harrelson literally mid-sex. And it looks yeah, it's, like the whole movie is just sex. It's very disappointing in that way. Um, what do you think Ben would say if someone offered you both $1 million for a single night in your arms? I don't know. I, I'm no sexy real estate agent, so, you know. <laughs> you feel like, are you sure? That seems a little high. Maybe 500000 <laughs> Literally. Let's be reasonable here. What about two hundred fifty k? Kagan would be like, all right, well, I'll see you tomorrow. Um, <laughs> not a problem. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Lauren, thank you for walking us through that erotic film that's very charged with 90s themes and <laughs> conventional gender roles i i appreciated it and i i do think those movies are wonderful have you seen sliding doors gwyneth paltrow i have not seen sliding doors i think you should add it to your list i think you said like a must watch i mean i think gwyneth paltrow 90s movies are all a must watch basically anyways thank you i i'm looking forward to disappointing mom and dad and watching some of these r-rated movies as soon as possible Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my mm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder. Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got a vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it is just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansimbleeats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansimbleeats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about, about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. Pop Apologist 20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Can we talk about another couple in the heat of passion, Chandler? Please. So news has broke everyone that Jeff Bezos and Lauren Sanchez are officially engaged. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's right. Jeff mm -hmm. Bezos and a live girl are headed down the wow. aisle. When you say news broke, we're basically going off of this photo of them on the yacht where she's wearing an engagement ring, right? Or is this like, have they officially confirmed? No, like news has broke. They have confirmed like through their sources. So it's yeah. across tons of outlets, reputable okay. outlets, sources confirm. Okay. It is not like they haven't issued a statement, but she's been wearing the ring, photographing right, the ring. Right. Apparently like 
they got off their yacht in Cannes and were like all over each other and saying they were engaged and were super happy. So I want to walk everyone down a live girl memory lane. Please do. Okay. Okay. So this is just a quick recap for everyone about how Jeff and Lauren fell in love. Jeff met Lauren Sanchez at an Amazon Studios party for the film Manchester by the Sea in 2016. Mm -hmm. At the time, Lauren was married to Patrick Whitesell, an American businessman and executive chairman of Endeavor, an entertainment and media Mm -hmm. agency. Something of note, Patrick's net worth was in the hundreds of millions when his wife, Lauren Sanchez, developed feelings for the uh, diminutive muscled body of America's favorite bookseller, Jeff Bezos. Why did I also add that Patrick Whitesell is pretty handsome? Like you want to talk about good teeth, tall, like, pretty hot. handsome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a classic '90s, you know, first husband. So two years after Lauren and Jeff first laid lustful eyes on each other, Chandler, Jeff invited Lauren to Amazon's annual Mars conference in Palm Springs. This was in 2018. One month later, they had dinner with her brother Michael in Los Angeles. And that July, Jeff Bezos hired her company to film footage for his rocket company, Blue Origin. And reports say, Chandler, that it was during helicopter rides together that the couple's relationship blossomed, okay? Mm, And Sanchez helped Bezos get over his fear of flying. And Chandler, I bet something else was flying too, if you know what I mean. If if you're picking up what I'm putting down. It's literally like 9 a.m. for me. You got it. My stomach cannot handle much more of your erotic commentary. Sparks, Chandler, sparks were flying. Please get your mind out of the gutter. Well, perhaps both are right because in 2019, the story broke by page six that they had tracked the couple across five states and 40,000 miles, tailed them in private jets, swanky limos, helicopter rides, romantic hikes, five-star hotel hideaways, intimate dinner dates, and quality time in hidden love nests. Because they were both married, right? They They were were both married. Correct. Yes. This relationship did begin under the dark night of infidelity, which I just Mm -hmm. want to make very clear, um, allegedly. So page six reported that Jeff and his then wife, Mackenzie, knew that the story is about to drop and they timed their divorce announcement to get ahead of the news. Mm -hmm. One key item of note, they also report that Jeff and Lauren started dating after Mackenzie and Jeff had been separated the previous fall and that Mackenzie knew of their relationship. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Whether we believe that or not, what is indisputable is that Jeff and Lauren's steamy affair was well documented in leaked texts they exchanged. Okay. And these Mm. texts are really what caught the internet by storm. Okay. And so I want to read some of the texts that Jeff sent to Lauren. Okay. You ready for this? This is probably the most famous. So Jeff said, do you want to appear on the podcast really quick? Kagan just walked in the room. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a reading in a male voice. Can you come here, Kagan? Can you just go into the microphone? Can you read the, this text? This is the text that Jeff sent to Lauren Sanchez, his now, his now fiance. I just woke up, but I want to smell you. I want to breathe you in. I want to hold you tight. I want to kiss your lips. I love you. I am in love with you. Another message right after. I love you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> making sense. I love you, alive girl. I will show you my body and my lips and my eyes very soon. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you, Kagan, for the dramatic reading. 
Kagan had to, you and I both saw this, he literally had to quickly reread a live girl because he was like, that doesn't even make sense. (laughs) He's so confused. I love you, a live girl. This fun fact, Chandler, one of my poetry professors at BYU wrote a poem about her ex-husband. The title was Mike. That's his name. And the first line was, is this thing on? Do you get do you get it? Like he was basically yeah, dead. Yeah, like yeah. she thought he was like basically dead. Oh my gosh. Wow. So unlike my poetry professor um, yeah. and her ex-husband, Jeff found Lauren to be very, very much alive. Okay. This is how she received the moniker online, Alive Girl, and from us especially. Here's another one of the texts that Jeff sent to Lauren that's actually a little bit more chaste and definitely pulls at my heartstrings a little bit. Okay. So he says, You know what I want? I want to get a little drunk with you tonight, not falling down, just a little drunk. I want to talk to you and plan with you. Listen and laugh. I want to be with you. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. That was all caps. Honestly, when he says and plan with you, the talk and And plan plan with you is so stirring. It's the most stirring. Like, I'm sorry. I don't think Kagan nor Ben have ever uttered those words before. I, I might need to just go take a quick cold shower. Like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm able to get through the rest of this text. I want to talk and plan with you. I'm going to honestly send Ben a screenshot of that right now. I'm going to restate for the audience because everyone needs to hear it one more time. You know what I want? I want to get a little drunk with you tonight. Not falling down, just a little drunk. I want to talk to you and plan with you. Listen and laugh, dot, dot, dot. I basically, and then in all caps, want to be with you three exclamation points. Then I want to fall asleep with you and wake up tomorrow and read the paper with you and have coffee with you. Like, are you kidding me? Did you know that Jeff Bezos, in addition to being America's favorite bookseller, is also a great American poet? Literally a poet. Wow. I would actually like to do a a reading. Lauren herself crafted a birthday caption, I think, for Jeff around his birthday. I did. This is my. This is from me. Oh, so, no, no, Lauren, no, Lauren Sanchez. Lauren okay. Sanchez, the person we're talking about here. It's not all about okay. you. Um, where she <laughs> said, "Happy birthday to the man of my dreams, who lights up my world with his laughter and kind heart. You have shown me that no great love is not bravely fought for." And I just want to say this is something I've always said, something I always come back to, which is it's just amazing how brave rich people are when it comes to fighting for their love. Well, I love the narrative of like, we fought for this love. Like we mm-hmm. fought to end two families, to break right. up two families, to be together. We are so brave. The bravery there the is courage, insane. The courage, the valor, the bravery. You know, it's like firefighters in 9-11 could never. This type of bravery, like a hundred percent Chandler. I say that as someone with the utmost respect for... I literally have FDNY shirts, hats off to all first responders. But, you know, sorry, you're, you're, you pale in comparison to Lauren and Jeff. Um, I don't think any disclaimers are necessary, Chandler. We're still allowed to like firefighters. All I'm, I just don't <laughs> want anyone to mistake my, my joke for, you know, disrespect. Oh, right, right, right. No, first responders could never. Jeff and Lauren have fought valiantly for this love. And in the words of Megan Markle, love wins. Love wins. I'll take the, like, I'll take the chicken salad. Love wins. Megan, just her signing every text message with loved ones. And in the words of a absolutely hilarious tweet I read, 20 carat blood diamond in one hand and prenup in the other, these two are headed towards matrimonial bliss. So can we just imagine the scene where she signs the prenup? 
Can we just imagine that really quickly? Yeah, let's do it. I just think that there's just no way that this is not like the most ironclad prenup mm-hmm. the universe has ever will ever I'm pretty sure there's got to be what like when she goes in to sign it there's probably like biometric cameras scanning mm-hmm. her DNA <laughs> to make sure it is Lauren right. Sanchez she right. probably has to go through like several vault layers okay several like sobriety tests everything to make sure that she is fully aware autonomous capable of signing away her complete rights my heart goes out to the lawyers for a live girl because they are having to truly search through this prenup for any way for her to like come out with a dime, right? Like, or do you think he's giving her a little bit if they get a divorce? Maybe we can have dad on the podcast next week and do a little follow up. But I'm very curious what a prenup looks like here because, like, right? Does Lauren Sanchez walk away with absolutely nothing if they end up getting divorced? Like, what is the agreement? Um, right. I'm very curious. We should maybe talk to dad about that. I'm almost done talking about this, but I have one other thing I want to say. I just think, like, you know, affairs that happen between millionaires and billionaires. Like, I'm sorry, they're just on another level. It's like my private jet will pick you up. We'll go to this like, you know, luxury resort where we'll have like the best suite that they offer the most privacy. Like they're just they're just not even like real affairs because they are so protected and there's just so much opportunity to like to have the exact type of privacy that you want. And so I just that's why the bravery thing is just like, okay, yeah, I don't feel bad for Mm. you. Like, I don't feel bad for anyone who has an affair. For the record. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned cube frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chandler, no expressions of sympathy are needed. These two are uh, right now staying on their 500-foot yacht, okay? It is one of the hugest yachts in the entire world while they're at the Cannes Film Festival. Another thing I want to say, I just think, yes, this relationship did not begin in a chaste way that the Serena Joy and me would approve of. Mm -hmm. However, I do ship Lauren and Jeff, if not for the reason that it is kind of refreshing that... America's richest man or the world's richest man or one of them, one of the top three is like 
left his monogamous for all intents and purposes marriage for another monogamous relationship with a wholly age appropriate woman. That to me is like kind of nice. If we have to find some redeeming angle in this story, it, it perhaps is that. I want you to refer to the photo I just sent you, please. Because I don't okay, know if you've well, seen this. And this is about the yacht. You need to see this. Hold on. I have seen this. I, I, I didn't even get it, but I know what you sent me. It's the sculpture of her, right? It's the sculpture of her as a mermaid at the front of the yacht. A live girl has a very distinct look that's like distinctly blow-up doll-esque. First of all, she is a pioneer. She's like one of the first women in the world to ever get like the huge lips. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's a little bit of history for everyone. Aesthetics history. But yeah, Lauren Sanchez was like one of the first women in the 2000s. to. She was like Lisa Rinna adjacent. But wow. anyway, so... On the helm or underneath the helm of his yacht, there is a statue of a woman who's like, looks like she's flying underneath the yacht and she has angel's wings. Okay. And the silhouette is literally identical to Lauren's, especially mm-hmm. the very large breasts. Yeah. Very large breasts. It looks like a female superhero and the face is like exactly hers. I mean, again, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Lauren Sanchez needs to get on masterclass. I want to know everything she's doing. I mean, single women everywhere need to know all of the tricks up her sleeve because this guy could have anyone he wants in the entire world. And he is marrying Lauren Sanchez and also putting a sculpture of her at the front of his yacht. Like clearly this chick knows a thing or two about a thing or two. Yeah. I mean, if you want a statue of yourself as a mermaid on your boyfriend's yacht, like you need to listen to this woman. I also was just doing a little bit more reading about this yacht and there's a support vessel. Okay. That follows it around. So there's the Koru, which is the yacht, which kind of looks like kind of like a pirate ship. Like it has a more traditional like ship. It's it's the world's biggest sailing yacht. Okay. Yeah. Sailing. yacht. Okay. Just so cool. But the Koru support vessel, the Abina, Abana, I don't know how to say it. Anyways, doesn't matter. Has helicopter deck, jet skis, like a small helicopter that's Lauren's, I think. It's really crazy to me that there's like a support vessel, like that basically you don't like arrive to the sailing yacht, you arrive, I think, to the support vessel, and then from there you go to the yacht. It's another world. It's crazy. You have two boats. Also, one more thing about the support vessel that's where all the staff sleeps. It's literally so that like, you don't have to have a below deck type experience where like the crew is sleeping on the same boat. It's like, no, no, no. We just want like us on the boat and then you can sleep in the support vessel. Well, I bet you there's like some crew sleeping on the main vessel for like safety purposes. Right, right. But like the majority, I mean, I think there's like a crew of 45 or something. See, I don't know how it works, but you know, maybe someday Chandler, we will have the luck of interviewing one of the crew members on this podcast or something and we can get the ins and yeah. outs because that's as close Please. as we're coming to core four or whatever it's called core horror <laughs> okay let's let's move on yes let's move on you want to talk about the tracy anderson video okay chandler yes let's talk about this tracy anderson so, video let me actually should we play it for people first i think we should play i think we should play it and then discuss okay i came across this and i immediately sent it to Lauren and said, we just must talk about this on the pod. Okay, everyone. We're looking at a video of a woman in a unitard with a sweat towel wrapped around her neck. She looks like she's just finished a workout. She's she's very impassioned when she's talking about this subject matter. Okay. 
So people who don't know who Tracy Anderson is really quick, she's like this Hamptons based trainer with this workout program that you do at home and it's 30 minutes of dance cardio and it's 30 minutes of what she calls muscular structure, which is basically like rebranded strength training except that she doesn't think women should carry more than three pounds. This like caused a lot of drama when Tracy Anderson first blew up and got really famous because people thought it was just like very demeaning for women. But anyway, she was like very blatant about thinking that women shouldn't get bulky and they need to do very like specific quacky, strange exercises and moves in order to get toned without bulking. And so if you do her workout program, which of course I've done, um, you'll do like these very strange, like weird limb flailing movements thousands of times instead of just like picking up a heavy weight. And that is like the Tracy Anderson Kool-Aid that a lot of people drink. Yes. So without much further ado, and this is a testimonial someone is giving that has just got posted. Surely I completely surrendered myself to the method. I've been doing the method for eight years. I found her because of Gwyneth and Madonna. And I thought, well, if she's good enough for the stars, she's good enough for me. And I personally suffer a very serious chronic illness. It was debilitating at one point, And I would sit there and watch her DVDs when I couldn't get out of bed. And I learned a lot of her dance choreography just from watching it in bed. I truly believe that she comes from a completely holistic way to design us. She doesn't just look at the symptoms and go, you're just a body. She looks at us as a whole person. And I can speak personally that she has completely been, makes me a little emotional, crucial part of my journey into recovery and healing and management and it's been life-changing for me in every single way with my pelvic floor health with my central nervous system and my neurological pathways the method really tackles the the mind the body and also the spirit a hundred percent and my spirit was broken and everything that i read from articles to interviews i just thought this woman has done the research she's done the work she's taken the time So she's an expert. I'm going to fully trust her. And I did. And it's been amazing. Um, Okay. Where does one even begin? Can we talk about how she said Tracy Anderson designs us? Like she's like God or something. The way she designs us. It's so holistic. Literally, like the words she's using don't even feel real or like exercise related, right? It reminds me of Nexium because it's like, that was supposed to just be like a business class or like a personal success class. But then it's like literally all the gobbledygook that people like spit out about it is all very culty. It's all encompassing. You know, the fact that she says that it has affected her neural pathways. Like what? I mean, as the science credibility or the amount of science diminishes to back up a workout program's efficacy, like the amount of psychological woo-woo nonsense increases. Um, And I think that this is just like a very characteristic of of a bullshit little regime or regimen because like you literally need this kind of like religious fervor in order to get people to do a program that is honestly probably a lot less effective than simply lifting weights or doing a traditional strength training program where you're actually like contracting muscles in an efficient really hard way rather than like the the way Tracy Anderson does it also I remember when that first came out Gwyneth called Tracy Anderson an organic plastic surgeon 
she said the workouts were so good and and you could like pick which part of your body like really needed help and you'd focus there and like Tracy Anderson would somehow know the way to like move your body to like change your shape which honest oh. which is just bullshit like that doesn't actually happen you either like right. lose it doesn't fat or not work. and your fat patterns are genetic like you cannot ever spot reduce anyway also, I just don't need my workout program to be my religion. I'm good. I can just release myself from like the idea that my whatever workout I'm doing is going to like completely understand and harness my mind, body, soul, you know, everything. Like it can just be working out and it can be like so helpful for me mentally, but it just doesn't need to be my religion. Amen, sister. I find all of like the class in New York, that's like a big Mm -hmm. workout program that has like the same level of like fervor behind it. I think just a lot of it is overpriced nonsense. And that's obviously why they really encourage this very intense culture around it. Thank you for bringing this startling video, Chandler, to our attention this morning. It was startling. I mean, I think too, like I don't know what this person struggles with, but like, I think when they talk about like their chronic illness and like Tracy Anderson being like a healer of it, it's just like, just starts to get very murky for me. I'm not trying to put down someone who was ill, but it's weird to be like, I was super sick. And so I, even when I couldn't do the workouts, I just would watch them. Like that's where you're right. Like it diverges from like this healthy, detached, you know, rational exercise program to something religion adjacent. I literally spent my birthday money one year on Tracy Anderson videos. You know, that's dark, but that's that's a so fact this is about personal me. for you. This is personal for me. The idea that you would lay in bed and like when you are having a down day and you would watch her dancing videos, her like <laughs> arm flailing videos, like then that would bring you peace. It's just shocking to me. Like also I think that comment reveals maybe some workout obsession behavior. I, when I was in college, I lived with four girls in this tiny apartment and I at one point did Tracy Anderson. And so at night I would move the furniture around so I would have space to do the dance cardio in our living room and take up our living room with my Tracy Anderson antics for a full hour, which mm-hmm. I'm sure my BYU roommates really appreciated along with right. the coffee maker I had brazenly on the countertops. <laughs> if anyone is a ex-roommate of mine listening to this podcast, please do me a favor. Let's keep the grievances private because I'm sure they runneth over. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they do. So yes, that is the Tracy Anderson uh, sponsored reel that is going around. So everyone beware. Okay. Well, Chandler, what an episode. You know, we talked about some red-blooded American couples and that's always fun for me. Um, We will be back on Friday on Patreon with another rendition, another episode of the Broyles Deep Dive Palace Papers. We are not done with that. Back with part 15 on Friday. Anything else before we depart, Chandler? No. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We're so excited. Some people who have gotten their merch. Thank you for posting in it. It looks so cute. We're just so thrilled. Thank you to everyone who's supported. We absolutely love to see it. It's so, so fun. So please, if you got a piece of merch, take a picture, tag us in it um, on your stories and absolutely it makes our day. And then finally, this is a thing that we don't ever say, Chandler, and like we actually really need to start saying. So please, everyone, share this podcast. If you like Pop Apologists, if you want Pop Apologists to continue, share it. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with the person you're in line with at the grocery store. Um, spread 
the word because the only way that we can really survive and exist is if we grow. So anyway, please share. Please. Thank you. Love you guys. See you on Friday. Love you guys. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Bye.